Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by Mr. Wex Breaking the Loss. And Wex, how you doing today, bud? Oh, living great, living good, you know? <laughs> Missing Jesse once again. I'm sure he'll be back next week. But uh, yeah, we got a pretty pretty uh, weird matchup here. Some classic shit and some just kind of a few years ago type shit. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. We're doing a. Uh, I don't think we've done anything from the 2010. Oh, we did, oh no, that's right. We did 2011 TNA. But I don't think we've done anything in the past five years, uh, other than obviously the current, you know, the current stuff under siege and that kind of we thing. Did some, we did some NXT from like this era. Yeah, I think. yeah, we did NXT from 2016, uh, and those were those shows were bangers. Uh, let's see about this one. Today's matchup is going to be TNA Slammiversary 2016 going up against. ECW's One Night Stand 2006. Uh, man, I'm really, really excited to get into this one. Um, yeah, once again, though, Jesse isn't able to make it this week. It's okay. You know, family comes first. He's got some family issues going on. Our best wishes are out to him. Hopefully, he will be back on the call soon. Uh, let's jump right into it here, though. It's TNA Slammiversary 2016, the Orlando Strong moment of silence to kind of open the show. Um, sad to say that I've kind of like forgotten that that had happened because mass shootings are kind of common in the United States these days. And that's super, super sad to say, but it's true. I had honestly forgotten that this had happened. So yeah, uh, nice moment though. I I completely came out of left field when, uh, was it Jeremy Borash? I was like, Mm -hmm. what? Okay. All right. I really don't remember. Like, I'm honestly, I'm just like you. I'm like, which mass shooting? Yeah, I don't remember there so being sad. one in Orlando. I remember there being the one in Jacksonville, but not. Orlando. Uh, I believe there was a. It was like a gay club that had that got shot up in Orlando. I believe that was correct. That was the one. Okay, I thought that yeah. was Miami, but no, it was Orlando. No, I think it was Orlando. Yeah, it was Orlando. So, but yeah, let's let's keep it moving here. It was a pretty awesome little highlight open, and TNA is kind of stacked on talent at this point. The first match is Eddie Edwards versus DJ Z versus Trevor Lee versus Andrew Everett for the X Division Championship. <laughs> Um, it is kind of strange that every single TNA show that we've covered had a multiple man X division match. I thought it was pretty good. Um, Eddie Edwards looked like an actual wrestler here, which is nice. Lots of high spots, solid false finishes. Good way to open the show. Gave it three and three quarter beers. what do you think about this first one? I thought it was pretty good. I gave it 3.75 beers and yeah, Eddie Edwards looked night and day compared to what he looks like now in TNA or in impact. He doesn't even look like the same wrestler and doesn't even work the same. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild, man. I don't know what happened to him. Maybe his thyroid just slowed down or his metabolism uh, just did the job and bumped and, out on him. Yeah. Everybody in this match is fucking every, doing something in another company except for Andrew Everett. What happened to him? Where's he at? I have no idea. Uh, 3.75 to you, three and three quarters to me. Same thing. Let's keep it rolling here. Promo by EC3 was pretty weak and awful, actually. Uh, the next match here, though, is the Tribunal versus Grotto and uh, the Mexican Ethan Page. Because uh, I didn't have He's to catch his... uh Indian. Mm, my bad. The Indian Ethan Page. Because I couldn't... Uh, honestly didn't catch his name. Uh, it was really boring. No story. No psychology. Al Snow promo hurt it, if anything else. Um, yeah, not good. I don't know who Grado is and why people would be bumping for him, but I only gave it one beer. I'm not, not far away from you. I'm two beers on this one. I thought it fell pretty flat crowd didn't really seem to care and al snow is just fucking ridiculous in this match didn't really do much for me no not at all uh did like to see braxton sutter aka the blade in the back i didn't actually realize that he's been going for as long as he has uh but yeah it was cool to see him back there although you know james storm naturally just kills anything that he's in for me uh the package for maria and gail kim was nice and then we had a weird kind of Billy Corgan segment, and so we're not going to get the match, and I felt like that was poorly booked. Felt like uh, just a, a misstep here, booking Kale Kim with Sienna versus Jade. Uh, match felt pretty clunky, clearly thrown together last minute. Not great, not awful, but just kind of there. It was one and a half beers. Where are you at on that one? I'm pretty much right there with you. I gave it one beer. I thought there was too much extra bullshit in it, and it was pretty sloppy at times because you said it was kind of just thrown together. Yeah, absolutely here. Uh, speaking of sloppy, too, pretty sloppy Lashley promo here in the back. He's just never really that believable. That's why I think he's doing the best work of his career, because MVP is pretty much his mouthpiece, and it works, because he is great in the ring. He just can't talk to save his life. Uh, and the next match here is going to be James Storm versus Braxton Sutter. Uh, I can't believe he rode a damn cooler to the ring. Uh, what a waste of space that man is. Uh, yeah, but then a pretty, uh, pretty generous 
Uh, I love how he puts himself over with like this as this generous guy, uh, you know, giving this guy an opportunity, and then he goes over on the young guy. That's the exactly the way you give him an opportunity. James Storm, good for you. Zero beers for me. I absolutely hated this. What did you think about James Storm versus Braxton Sutter? I mean, I don't have the James Storm bias, but I do get I, I do get the bullshit. So, but the work they did some pretty solid work there, so I at least give him two beers for that for at least putting on a good match, but the psychology, the story there was dumb. He was basically pulling a Triple H or Cody Rhodes, like, gonna face the young guy, but then he doesn't put him over. But he says he puts him over, but he just, you know, buries yeah. him. Yeah, he just buries the guy. It's exactly what happened here. Get shovels out. Exactly. We did get a pretty decent Eli Drake promo in the back. That dude can talk for sure. I think that, honestly, I wish that we had Eli Drake from 2016 now on uh, NXT. He's not quite the same guy, but he's still pretty good. Um, the match here, though, is Bram versus Eli Drake for the TNA King of the Mountain Championship, which is fucking dumb. Um, Bram is just not the best human being on Earth. Um, the match was good for what it was, mostly a brawl. Commentary was actually pretty good. I didn't hate it. Gave it two and a half beers. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I just put literally wrote down. It was just fine. I gave it three beers. It was right there in the middle for me. And yeah. I didn't really get the whole, because I realized, I guess they were trying to make a part of like a gimmick that he was falling down on purpose like what yeah i don't understand that, was, that at that all just, that really just didn't just did not connect me so yeah it definitely kept it a low rating right there well let's get into it here man uh we're actually going to stop on this one i think and just kind of knock it out of the park uh this next match here uh, before we get to the match, actually, there's a, a Mike Bennett promo in the back, which was fantastic. Uh, such a waste of talent. I can't believe he's actually not tearing it up in AEW right now. Uh, our Ring of Honor is just not the right stage for him, I don't think. Um, but yeah, the match itself was Mike Bennett versus EC3. Great match. Great work. Great story. Full package there, man. I mean, the DDT off the guardrail was sick. Good pacing. They knew when to lay out and let the match breathe. The crowd was super hot for it. Maria is a fantastic crazy heel manager. The finish was really good. Match of the night for me, for sure. I gave it four and a half beers. How do you feel about Mike Bennett versus uh, EC3 here? Yeah, definitely one of my favorite matches of the night. I'm almost right there with you. I went four beers on this one. I thought it was just like, dude, like you said, so many great near falls that many times, like, you know, definitely had my... Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Definitely had your what? Like, no, it definitely, it definitely had me, you know, had me where I thought, you know, oh, this guy might win. I had some yeah. asshole clinchers right there, some ass hair away, you know, falls. And Maria, her manager, her managerial stuff that Maria did, you know, tossing the chair in for the. I mean, everything worked well. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, really good, man. What was your overall on it? Uh, four beers. Four beers, four beers, match of the night for sure. Uh, broken Matt with a promo on Brother Nero. Solid Broken Matt promo, and if you take it for what it was at the time, it was pretty good. Um, now, the promo package for the angle, not so much. Um, and then, of course, Rebby. I had completely forgotten about her, and at least her bit was short. So thank God that wasn't too long and it was out of the way. Uh, the match here, though, is Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, it's a hardcore match, and we know that these – it's like these guys just don't have chemistry with each other. It's its They just don't. Their matches just are never good. They're great as a tag team. Never works any other way. I mean, the big ladder spot was cool when they laid it across the six sides. Some decent work for sure, and some of the – some pretty solid big bumps. Um, and the finish was pretty good. I gave it three and a half beers, a little bit above average, but not uh, not not much more than that. What do you think about the Hardys versus each other here? literally the exact same rating and i just put it's much much of crazy shit going on here they yeah. really don't have good chemistry they always just kind of look off and clunky together when they're doing stuff with their brothers so and they're so good tag team the double team moves so fluidly and everything but something doesn't sit right whenever they wrestle and i i agree about that big old ladder thing but they oversold on commentary he's going all the way Saying how far he was jumping across the ring, but he barely did anything and just did a little splash, kind of anticlimactic. And I hit a keyboard, so yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, Three and the a keyboard. Three and a half. All right, well, let's keep it rolling here, man. Uh, Decay promo in the back, which is actually pretty damn good. I was impressed by that promo work. I didn't expect to like it, and it was pretty solid. Um, and then the match here, though, not so much. It's the Bromans versus Decay for the NWA, or the, the NWA, for the TNA Tag Team Championships. 
Uh, this really seemed like a weekly TV match, not something that was built up to be on a pay-per-view. Seems like they threw the match together because they needed to have the tag titles on Slammiversary. And it was way too long for what it was, too. It was clunky. It was way overbooked with the Gaga, if you will. Um, just not good. Beer and a half at most from me. What do you think about Bromans versus Decay? Yeah, I was not a big fan of this match. I only gave it a beer just because kind of the, some of the same reasons you said it just didn't. And the placement of the match, too, just after this fucking crazy-ass, hardcore, just blood fuck fest, you get this, like, random tag team match that didn't really, it just eh, didn't work for me. Gave it one beer, and I never liked Abyss without the mask. Yeah, I, I mean, I I normally didn't, but I did like the paint. I thought the paint was pretty well. If you're going to do it, not have a mask, the paint was good. But either way, let's keep it moving here. Drew Galloway with a promo. Pretty solid, but also a little too long. Um, and then the match here is Lashley versus Drew Galloway for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. It was a good match. It was a big man style brawl power move, and it was good for what it was. I feel, but I feel like I've seen this like ten times in the past year. You know what I mean? So like, just me being jaded. I'm sure in 2016 this match would have been a really sought after match, but just because like I've been so exposed to it in the current landscape of WWE with like McIntyre versus Lashley that I'm like. I don't know. I don't really care to see it again. So it kind of probably hurt the rating. I gave it three and a half beers, though. It was better than average, but uh, just not like a not really a big winner to me. What do you think about this main event? Lashley versus Drew Galloway. I went four beers, just a little bit higher than you. And I don't really have anything much different to say about it, except that I don't know. It's just weird that. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. (laughs) No, uh, no. What was I going to say? I don't know. It was just a great match. They just like it was just solid, nothing special. And like you said, kind of that overexposure of seeing them wrestle against each other all the time. And they've done crazier shit. And there was some yeah. cool stuff in here, like the tombstone, because you wouldn't get you uh, you would never see them do a tombstone in WWE. So that's why yeah. kind of cool you got to toss that in there. There was a few cool little things, but nothing that can possibly push it over a four beer rating. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree, and that's going to wrap up uh, TNA Slammiversary. My overall average on that show was right at about three beers, uh, so it wasn't, you know, wasn't it's right, right there in the middle. It wasn't a bad show. wasn't a good show either, though. Um, some good stuff on it. Overall match of the night, I think we can both agree, is going to be Mike Bennett versus EC3. Again, I would love to see Mike Bennett more just, you know, just more out there, more exposed. Honestly, I feel like he could be the Impact champ, no problem. I feel like Impact needs bigger heavy hitters in that main event tier. Uh, makes perfect sense. He's been there before, clearly. Um, yeah, man, anything else to add to the Mike Bennett EC3 match? I mean, not really. Like, we kind of pretty much covered anything. Like, yeah. there was really sick false finishes. Like, Maria, like we said, her role worked perfectly in the match. Yeah. It didn't. It wasn't overly done like some of these other matches on yeah. the card where they had too yeah. much managerial bullshit and random outside interference. They kept it short and sweet with that shit, and like, they just had great chemistry with each other. And EC3, you know, he was he's super duper over with the crowd during this show, and like, oh for sure, yeah, he should be able to. I don't know, like if he went back to Impact, I feel like that's well, he, he did. And he had that big match with Moose. It was like a cinematic well, type deal. I don't it was think weird. he like really. He didn't really go back to Impact. He's just working like per date. Oh, yeah, well, I mean... He did that, and now he's doing other shit, but I feel like if he, like, fully signed on with Impact, now they're going to get fans back. I feel like EC3 could be a solid player. I agree. I agree with that fully. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for uh, for that Slammiversary show. Let's jump on over here to ECW One Night Stand 2006. Probably the hottest crowd in the history of professional wrestling, and I mean absolutely raucous. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. Probably one of the most raucous crowds. Um... Great promo from Heyman, too, of course. And just honestly, it's kind of sad, like right off the bat for me watching it back now that I was like sad to know what happened after this because like oh, it had yeah. so much potential to be amazing. Like, I mean, we're going to get to the rest of the show, but the way they trickled in the WWE guys would have been perfect if they had just kept it that way. That was a great way to like slowly give the people back ECW, like while also giving them angle. Big Show, a little bit of JBL, you know what I mean? Like, those, great, Mysterio, like, great. It was, it was all, that was all really well booked. The show was fantastically booked. Let's keep it going here, though. Match number one is Jerry the King Lawler versus Taz. And do I do call it a match. The bell rang. It's a great way to get a lot of heat and a big pop right off the bat. You know what I mean? It's a great way to kind of kick off the show. 
It's uh, it was two, I, two and a half beers for all 18 seconds of what it was. What did you think about it? I went just a little bit higher, three and a half beers, just because it was so hype. Oh, it really yeah. kicked off the show nice, and it just set up everything. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Match number two was uh, Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle. Uh, first real match, I guess you could say. Angle is ridiculously intense at this point, and the crowd absolutely adores him. Um, the crowd just brutalized Orton the whole match, and that was great. Loved that. Um, three and a half beers for me. Where are you at on it? Just a little bit higher, half a beer higher, four beers. Like, yeah, they really, they really put in some work. And Randy was working the crowd, goodness, and Kurt Angle working the crowd in his favor. Them loving him. It was a solid, solid matchup between both of them. Yeah, especially man. for a young Orton. Especially for a young Orton, for sure. Let's get to the next match here on the card. Match number three is the FBI versus Super Crazy and Tajiri. A uh, great spectacle match, man. Nice work, good pacing, big spots. It's exactly what you want when you book a match like this in this place on the card. Great showing for all four guys. Better than it should have or even needed to be. Four and a half beers for me. Really loved it. I thought it was great, great, great pacing. What do you think, man? Hey, I'm almost right there with you. I went four beers. Like you said, fantastic pacing. Great work from everybody. It was just sad that during this time, Super Crazy on SmackDown was riding a fucking lawnmower down to the ring. Yeah. Little Guido was called Nunzio, and they kind of referenced that on commentary. Like, yeah, this is ECW. We ain't doing that shit. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that. Uh, yeah, commentary, of course, was great all night. Joey Styles and Taz on the call. Pretty solid work there. Big Show kind of comes out and cleans house. I thought it was a nice way to introduce him to the brand. Tons of heat on him right away, but also let him actually, you know, level some people. I mean, I thought they did a great job of making Big Show look like a badass. Anything about that? Yes, and I did notice, if you notice, that was the debut of the new version of his theme song that he still that he used up until he left WWE, which yeah. I hate. I like the original version from WWF The Music Volume 4 better, but I do I did see what they were doing with this character there, and it was definitely working. You're like, oh, he's – and he was using that million-dollar dream to the backbreaker type thing. Yeah. Like, what do we call that? And I forgot what he called it, but I like that. That's a, that was a, a nice little ripple before they ruined the big show. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Next match on the card here is Sabu versus Rey Mysterio for the World Heavyweight Championship, man. It's a pretty solid match. A couple of stutter steps, obviously, by Sabu, because that's kind of what Sabu does. He's like literally, a, they call him a walking highlight reel, but really he's a walking botch reel. Like, he just always fucks up. I mean, that's part of his thing. Uh, the finish was was crazy, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Three and a half beers. What do you think about Sabu versus Mysterio here? Hey, I 100% right there with you. Also, three and a half beers. I don't. I guess that was the plan finish. And if it was, if it wasn't, I don't know. That was fucking sick though. Like that was, it was sick. Yeah, crazy. It was super crazy. It was crazy. It looked good. Not, it looked and not good. the wrestler who just wrestled in the match that we were talking about before. No, super intense. That's what that's what we'll say. It was super intense. But uh, let's keep it moving here. The package for Foley, Edge, Dreamer, and Funk. I don't remember this at all. Um, Foley cut a pretty great promo and on the live crowd too. Uh, the show was, again, like just the right amount of blend of ECW and WWE that, God, they just really missed the boat. It sucks so bad to know that they how bad they messed it up. But the match here is Foley and Edge versus Dreamer and Funk. And, guys, this is, I believe, the match of the night on this card for us. So we're going to deep dive on this one a little bit. Uh, and you know what, Wex? I'm going to let you take it away. Dude, same thing as you. I don't really remember this match at all, but when it popped up on the show, I was like, all right, Terry Funk? Okay, and, dude, Terry Funk went all the way yes. out. Yes. He did everything. He was yes. bumping, bleeding. Yeah. Dude, as you can see, my picture in the background, he set a fucking two by four on fire after he already got taken out. His eye, like, is legitimately just, like, bleeding. And he's laying on the ground going, my eye, my eye. Dude, yeah. Terry Funk is a goddamn badass. Like, dude. Yes, he is. He's an absolute match, match of the week, 100%. If you're going to go watch one match this week, yeah. Go back and watch this one, dude. Yeah, yeah and for sure. Edge's, Edge's heel work and the combination of Mick Foley, it was great. And like that little mixed reaction with Mick Foley because, you know, the Cactus Jack ECW thing. I mean, dude, and Tommy Dreamer. I can't forget about Tommy Dreamer, dude. No, absolutely not. He worked his ass off in this match, dude. He worked his absolute ass off in this match. Hats off to Tommy Dreamer for this one. Hell yeah, dude. Tommy Dreamer killed it. Yeah, but I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let you lead in for some Tommy Dreamer. I'll let you uh, take that. Yeah, second. yeah. I mean, I felt first of all, I think I think you know Beulah McGillicuddy kind of making the surprise there too, and then trying to turn it into like a three-way dance. I thought that was great. I thought nice to see Beulah. Um, I mean, 
Dude, like for Funk being 80 and Foley being like close to an empty tank, this match was way, way, way better than it had any business being. I really enjoyed it. Funk and Foley should have just hung it up after this point. And honestly, Edge was Edge was hanging in there too, bro. He wasn't shying away from any of the the, the bumps. He wasn't he wasn't acting too sports entertainment. He was on this night. Edge was a professional wrestler, and I don't mean that as a dig. Uh, I think Edge is a great wrestler in general. I hide, I hold him in high regard. I'm not saying that like he's normally just a sports entertainer, but I was kind of shocked because he's not known for this kind of match, right? I mean, yeah. he's just, he's not known for swinging barbed wire and flames and that kind of shit. Like I know he's a TLC guy, but this is a little bit different. Um, was, I love the match. Still trying to ride off the coattails of the WrestleMania match. Yeah, which was great though. Like- and that's what he needed to do. I mean, and this is kind of where he really earned the rated R thing. And I think the crowd, I think the crowd, he got, he gained a lot of respect from at least this segment of the crowd with this match. I give it five beers. Beautiful match. I can't give it more than that just because it's more of a brawl than a wrestling match. But five solid beers. That's pretty much a max out for any kind of like hardcore for me. Where you at on a Wex? Right there with you. Five brewskis. Because, yeah, I mean. Can't disagree with anything that you said right there. Five beers for it. Five and I beers. really enjoyed those chants from the crowd. She's a crack whore. She's got herpes. Oh, they can just be so respectful down there in the ECW. Oh, man. It's just Kylie. We're, yeah, and some of the chants later on, we'll get to those as well. Oh, yes. yes. Balls Mahoney versus Masato Tanaka was up next. Balls was out there actually trying to wrestle and, like, keep up. Like, in the beginning, I was like, what? Are you, whoa, what you doing there, Balls? I, like, some chain wrestling? And it didn't look bad. Like, I was like, all right. Like, Balls Mahoney probably looked better in this match than I think he ever looked in his entire career ever. Um, which is nice. It was a short and sweet too. Pretty vicious chair shot uh, <laughs> Ooh, yes. for the end, uh, but yes, solid. Brutal. I mean, I, I I know. Look, I understand that CTE is a problem, but I still watch the NFL. I understand that CTE is a problem, but damn it, I'll, I'll be damned if I don't love just a great steel chair right to the dome. I, I, there's just something about it. That's I'm raised on it. I know a lot of people hate it. They're like, oh, it's bad for business. Bad. I, yeah, I get that, but I don't care. I drink a lot of beer, and that's bad for me too. I like seeing chair shots to the head. It's it's just what I like to see, and it was good. Gave it two beers. Where were you at on this one? I actually went a little bit higher than you. I went the old three beers, especially for the sickening thud of a steel chair in the back of a man's skull. Yeah. This time, the front of the man's skull, actually. I was just quoting okay. good old Jim Ross with that one. But damn, yeah, brutal chair shot. And like you said, Boss Mahoney was working. He was really working in this match. And, and Masato Tanaka is a fucking, you know, supreme badass and it was awesome. You you know, short and sweet after, you know, we had that gnarly, brutal. I mean, you really couldn't put some epic ass match on right after that. I think it fit well. Yeah. Three beers for me. Well, here we are, boys. Let's get into the match. Uh, the match of the night. Well, I guess not even the match of the night, but the main event of the night here. It's a, it's a cool package for RVD versus Cena. Uh, then Eugene gets a little promo in <laughs> and the crowd just absolutely eats him alive. Uh, which is fair, but then, you know, Sandman comes out, beats the shit out of him, everybody's happy. And honestly, I was happy too, because it's like, look, I get that you gotta put Sandman on the show, but that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You give him a segment, you let him drink five damn beers on the way to the ring, and he drank, <laughs> like, he's not like Steve Austin, like, that dude, like, is straight yeah. chugging five beers on the way to the exactly. ring. He smoked, I think, two cigarettes. I think I, I there was he, a point where or he dropped one or something. Yeah, and smashed like, his head. And yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was nice. It's like, just have him come out, beat the shit out of Eugene. And that's that. Get the crowd to pop. That's what they did. Let's go to the match here though, man. It's RVD versus John Cena for the WWE championship. The whole shirt spot in the open was like three minutes. I think he threw it like eight or nine times Yeah. and the crowd threw it back every single time I popped. I laughed my ass off, especially that the one black guy right there in the front row and he gets like the whole crowd behind him and he like wipes his ass with it and throws it back to Cena and the <laughs> whole crowd just pops so big for him. I'm like, dude, that's when I was like this crowd from this show specifically, I legitimately feel like should be inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. Like they like this crowd was so was this crowd was the main event of this ma- of this show to me. Like now the match itself, it was good. I mean, Cena was Cena was still five moves of doom. Cena, not, not, he didn't, he wasn't quite, uh, you know, U.S. title open challenge Cena yet. Um, so he really wasn't wrestling very well. Um, but I mean, to, I, I felt like he played the heel role really, really well. 
Um, I think that he kind of knew that's what he was supposed to do when he did. I think Edge kind of getting in there saved Cena from being hurt too bad, too. RBD going over was massive. I mean, the Cena Swallows chants were just... (laughs) (laughs) They were just... They were... Yeah, they were there, man. And loud and proud on Peacock, not edited, so... And fuck Man. you, Cena. Oh, yeah. It was like, very clearly. loud and proud. They did give us a long bumper in the front of this show, though, that was like, oh, yeah, your discretion really, is strongly really advised. Long. If you'd like to change your parental settings, be sure to go to, yeah, you know, like, no, really, don't watch this unless you're yeah, ready for like some f bombs. Like, fair warning. This is yeah. ECW. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciated that, man. I mean, yeah, again, I, li- I like the Edge's involvement. I liked especially kind of having Heyman do the count for RVD going over. It was booked really well, man. The show, uh, the relaunch of ECW, so much potential. Uh, and then RVD's title run, so much potential. And that came to a screeching halt to, damn, man, what could have been. But either way, I gave this three and three-quarter beers. I enjoyed it very much. What do you think about RVD versus John Cena? Just a little bit higher than you. I went four beers. And... I mean, dude, fucking, even though John Cena himself, like you said, wasn't wrestling the best, he was playing the crowd, the crowd chanting, you can't yeah. wrestle. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. And then RVD was hitting all the fucking hits, dude, all the classic RVD moves. And my favorite thing of the night is after they fought in the crowd and he hung Cena over the fucking railing, and then he stood on the thing and the whole crowd said, whole fucking show, and then he did the fucking twisting leg drop. Yeah. It was a thing of beauty, dude. And and his fucking final five star frog splash. I love it when he does it like that when the the opponent's like laying in a weird angle and he like rotates in the air and does it, dude. RVD so sick, dude. I gotta burn one for old RVD. Yes, sir. Light it up for old old RVD. You know what you should do? You should, you should use those papers that he uh, that he. Oh, sells. he does have RVD papers. I have not seen them at the store yet. You know. You can order them online though. Because they're oh, just okay. regular rolling papers. I went to know. my local smoke shop and inquired, but uh, no, they did not have them. Mm, 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 mm. Well, we're going to have to get some of those and uh, figure that out. I will say that on this kayfabe comparison, um, the kayfabe comparison of these two shows, I got to say that it's ECW One Night Stand by a country mile. Um, I mean, Slammiversary was not a bad show, but my overall rating for this pay-per-view was four beers. Like, that's a... For, for any pay-per-view to get, like... Over three and a half is damn solid. I mean, I've got WrestleManias that don't get four beers. You know, like this is a this is a damn good show. One Night Stand was a damn good show. I think that I think that TNA Slammiversary had two beers, something like that, two or three beers somewhere around in there. Uh, not quite to the four beer level. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think we're on the same page here, Wex. So we are we on the same page? Are you are you going with uh, One Night Stand as well? Winning this uh, KFA RVD four twenty. One night stand, ECW wins, baby. ECW, ECW. All right, now we're gonna get to uh, this this next segment that uh, we're gonna start doing weekly on the show. We're gonna try to run down these shows a little bit quicker for you guys and just really hit the ones that we liked the most, uh, the things, the match of the nights, if you will. So you're not wasting too much time. Um, Let's get into instead of a kayfabe comparison, it's a dirt sheet comparison here. Now we're gonna talk about the current events, what's been going on. What's the scuttlebutt? What's the haps, if you will? Shout out Sam Roberts. Um, let's get it going. Let's get it going, man. What's uh, what's on the docket here? You want to pull up old ringside news and tell me what you got on the headlines there, Wex? Uh, uh, one headline that I saw a little bit earlier today, and I think I saw actually later yesterday. Did you see who popped up in GCW this weekend and Ooh, attacked Nick Gage? I did. I saw it on Twitter. I did. I saw it on Twitter. That's kind of crazy to me. So obviously I didn't say yet. Matt Cardona, yeah, uh, he, he was playing like like he was John Moxley there, and then boot, yes. and even did Moxley's move, yeah, and then busted out the fucking. It was me. It was yeah. me all along. That's what I was thinking of because he had the he had the the higher it, power. It, it uh, was very much like the higher power, yeah, yeah. And then he and I feel like he was he's doing this on purpose. He's calling the GCW fans the GCW universe. Oh, God, I love that. I love that. I also love the fact that, like, you know, Matt Cardona is one of the last people that I really would expect to go into the deathmatch thing. But knowing how big of, like, a true Mark he is, like, it makes perfect sense. Like, it's something he's never been able to do. Like, he probably does. He probably wants to take some, like, light tubes. Like, why not? Like, he's, he hasn't done it in his career. He can do whatever he wants. Nick Gage? Come on, man. God, Nick Gage versus 
Cardona? Like, okay, what do you... All right, let's be honest, though. Let, let, let's temper our expectations. What do you think Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona, what's that going to look like? I think it could be a pretty solid match because, I mean, Nick Gage can actually wrestle, too, so I can see them doing some Matt stuff and then, you know... Yeah. Down, getting down to business and start getting fucking... Getting down to business. Breaking light tubes, maybe some steel chairs, maybe some thumbtacks, you never know. Maybe some, Maybe some fire, maybe some... Maybe some barbed wire boards. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. So, uh, also, I'm sure you saw as our resident AEW mark, Andrade has made his debut here in AEW and paired with Vicky Guerrero. I don't know why I didn't think of that immediately, but it's like bread and butter, bro. Like, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Dude, where do you see Andrade going first? Like, where's his first, like, little storyline, you think? Well, as you know, he's facing Kenny Omega here soon in yeah. Mexico in yes. Triple Mania for the Mega Championship. So I could see him going in that direction, but would also be cool, even though he's a heel. I'd like to see him go up maybe in the TNT title pitcher, maybe face a Miro or something like that. He's not a heel. He's not a heel. I mean, Miro's he's playing. Not a heel? No, Andrade's not a heel. Uh, Andrade's not a heel? No, oh, I mean, a- he is, but he's not. You know what I mean? Like, in AEW, it's like, he is, but he's not. You know what I mean? Like, I guess we'll have to see. He hasn't really established if he is, like, which side he's really leaning on. Because yeah. it's weird. Because in AEW, it is very weird. Because someone like Pentagon is, like, always a heel. But then he'll be teaming with, like, Pac and Phoenix while they're Baby fucking face. faces. Yeah. And he's still a heel. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Just like I think that Cody Rhodes is a fucking heel. But, you know, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think Cody Rhodes is I think Cody Rhodes is great still. I know that everybody else is kind of getting tired of him, but I, I still think he's a fantastic wrestler. Why did he have to fucking beat Anthony Agogo at the last pay-per-view at Double or Nothing? What did that do for anything? That didn't I don't, do anything for anybody. I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, oh, I, t- I think he should have wrestled someone else for sure. I don't. But to be fair, I don't think Anthony Agogo had any business on that pay-per-view. No. I don't he, think he was. He's not in uh, anywhere near that level. Um I mean, and honestly, the match itself kind of showed that. I thought the match itself could have been on AEW Dark. You know, like it wasn't, it just wasn't very good. Uh, what else we got on the, on the oh, dock there? Uh, we got what? a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Ooh, I did. I saw that. The only reason why I saw that is because I saw Will Ospreay tweet out congratulations. And then he said, Google the word interim. That's all you are. And I like that. I like that. I like seeing yeah, that. At least he's Ospreay. keeping the shit talking while, while, he's, heal- while he's healing from injury. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. So, do you know much about the new New Japan champion? Have you seen any of his work? Do you know? Oh yeah, he used to wrestle in Dragon Gate and everything, and he's been in New Japan for a while. He's really good. He's so, fucking- is there any potential there as far as like, oh, the Forbidden Door? Do you think it, like maybe, maybe a Kenny Omega versus that dude? You know, maybe Kenny literally I mean, has all Kenny Omega the gold? versus Shingo would be fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he and he has point. the he has the AEW connections because Pack was is a, is a Dragon Gate guy. The Young yeah. Bucks used to wrestle at Dragon Gate, so you know he has he has a little bit of connection there. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I could totally see that. Um, one thing that I I want to talk about that no one else is talking about. It's like kind of become um, quiet because it happened a couple weeks ago. But like, hey guys, remember Daniel Bryan still is com- is completely not under contract right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's still in his non compete. Um, no, he's no. Apparently, he didn't. He didn't have a non-compete. His contract expired. He didn't get released. Oh, and once your contract just expires, just like John Moxley, oh, you walk freely. That's why people have been like speculating. So the question is, does he make the switch or does he stay with the E? You know what I mean? Because like, I think we, I think as wrestling fans, we all want to see Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson leave and and be Brian Danielson on on Impact or in New Japan or wherever. Granted, he's a family guy. He's had a run, a hard run. He was friggin' retired for a couple years. Uh, he's got a family now. I know he wants to work part-time, so part-time makes me feel like, you know, the indies or the little one-offs or pull an EC3 and kind of go where you want to go, just do handshake deals on the indies. That would make sense to me, but I also think that, you know, Vince Vince would be willing to pay him a pretty penny to only give him five or six matches a year. Um, wh- wh- where are you seeing that lean? I don't know. I think it probably would be smart. Like, especially, I mean, why not go to, if it's the end of clearly, uh, clearly going to be the end of his career. Why not just go wrestle the people you want to wrestle instead of being like stuck under that fucking I agree. WWE? Well, because you got total Bellas. Cause you're still on, you're still going to be 
a part of the product. But I honestly think that the WWE, dude, I know this sounds crazy, but I think there's so much going on with WWE right now that like, and this whole forbidden door thing, like I would not be surprised if we see a merger or if we see an all out sale, if that happens, we might see AEW title on a raw or on a, a SmackDown. Or I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, especially with what's happening over there now, you know, well, if they end up selling the company, like everybody's thinking that you never know what could happen. Cause once Vince is out of control, if he just sells it, then people can make I their own decisions. It. I know that that's the main rumor and it does look that way because of who they released. And honestly, like I have doubt too, like, Maybe, but I I just can't see Vince McMahon with a heartbeat actually selling his company unless he sells it with an ironclad contract like, hey, I'm selling the company, but I remain as the president and CEO in power until my death. And then for the next 15 years, Paul Levesque becomes in my place. If you sign this deal, I'll sell you the company and you get the profits from it as being the owner, but we stay in power. I think that's the only way an actual sale would happen. What say you? Eh, guess we'll just see what happens. But uh, some other news. Recently released wrestler Mickey James. Did you see the news with I her? I did see that. Yes, I did. She's going to be helping produce an all-women's pay-per-view for NWA. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I, I do believe that she got the okay, even though she's not out of her non-compete to do that show. Um, yeah, I know she can't wrestle talk. on it. That's why she's yes. going to produce because yes. she can still. Yes. She just can't wrestle. That's yes. the thing. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw a tweet saying I want to say it was Wade Keller saying that he that she had spoken to the brass at WWE and as long as she wasn't wrestling for a competitor and it makes sense. I mean, let's be honest. NWA is not nowhere near a competitor. I would say I would honestly put NWA, especially once this new TV deal happens, I would put NWA beneath MLW. But. Ooh, That's and just speaking, me. And speaking of MLW, uh, oh, we yeah. gotta talk about our boy. Yeah, our boy. We gotta Alex talk about Kane. our boy. He got drafted on draft. Shout night. out Alex Kane, baby, the suplex assassin. So he'll be making his uh, MLW debut soon, and I hope uh, it's gonna be on Vice because that'd be fucking sick to turn on my cable TV and see old Alex Kane on TV. Yep, yep. I'm ready for that. The dude deserves it. Nothing but big things. If you're not following Alex Kane, go do that. Uh, if you get a chance to go back in our archives, check out our indie spotlight with Alex Kane. He was a great guy, great interview. Uh, we got we actually asked some really solid questions on there, and he gave us some really great, open, honest answers about the indie scene, about what it takes to really make it to a point where you're getting eyes on you. Um, just great insight from him, especially if you're an aspiring uh, wrestler or up and coming wrestler, whatever. Um, definitely go check that out. What else we got in the news there, there uh, Wex? I'm trying to think of anything like. Super newsworthy. I mean, Monday Night Raw was last night, and that sucked. I don't know if that's news. No. Was there anything? Did there anything anything happen noteworthy on that show at all? I mean, the ending was horrible. They're doing some like weird that weird Alexa Bliss shit with the doll. Oh yeah. She's, she's feuding with uh, fucking Shayna Baszler, and it's just like it, it's just bad. It's not. And good. Bray Wyatt still hasn't been on TV, right? No. Oh, and speaking of Bray Wyatt, while we're on here, someone uh, posted this hilarious thing, and. For like the past like four or five years, like Bray Wyatt's won all these like worst match of the year awards, like worst feud, worst match, like, and all of them are really bad matches. Once you read, it, you're like, oh yeah, that was horrible. That was horrible. That was horrible. Somebody, I'm sure, I don't know who y'all listen to this. Go look it up. Uh, look at all of Bray Wyatt's terrible matches. I want to. I can't remember who posted it, but damn. It's literally, it was like 2016. But he is good, though. He's so but, good. <laughs> yeah, he's good, but but think about his track record for the past, like, five or six years. I think he's poorly about, booked, man. I just think he's poorly booked. That's exactly, all. I mean, that, exactly. It's not his fault. I mean. So what about these, uh, the rumors for Cena coming back? Uh, I guess I guess the, uh, the idea is going to be, the idea is, right now, is supposed to be Roman Reigns and, um, Roman Reigns and The Rock at next WrestleMania. And John Cena versus Drew McIntyre. I think that would be a killer match. Uh, I think I think Cena's coming back before that. I think he's going to have a run, though. Uh, from what I hear, it's not just going to be a one-off at SummerSlam. He's going to do a SummerSlam 2 Mania. So, like, a, essentially a half-a-year deal, which is a good deal. It's a long time to be full-time, too. I mean, he's going to be we're going to be touring again by that time. That's right up Cena's alley anyway. I feel like he's going to boost ratings. Um, I definitely don't see a sale happening before we see WWE touring again. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen, but I don't know, man. How you feel about old, uh, five moves of doom, John Cena coming back? Eh, 
Juan Cena, he's done a little bit better towards the end of his career, especially after the U.S. Open title oh, yeah. challenge. If he can get back onto that level, which, you know, it's going to take a little bit to knock some of that ring rust off, you know. Yeah. We can see some good classic matches towards the end of old John Cena's career. And him versus Drew would be good, but I'd like to see someone more, like, technical because more technical John coming out. I, I feel like he could put on a good match against someone. There's some good people yeah. that got released from the company that he could have put on great matches. Yeah, with, I agree. You know? I agree. I They're agree. all gone now. They are all gone now. Um, let's get into a, a little bit of fantasy booking here then. I, close I, out the show. So, we have John Cena coming back. Who are you booking him with then? Who am I booking Juan Cena with? Okay, yeah. let's see. I'm trying to think of who is actually good in W. <sighs> hmm. John Cena versus Big E. Ooh, I like that. I like and that. Definitely Big E going over for sure to put to boost Big E up to that main event scene. I got two main options for uh, for old John Cena. If it's me, me with the pencil. Uh, if it's me with the pencil right off the bat, I'm putting him against uh, Seth Rollins. I think that that would just be that phenomenal. was my, that was gonna be my second choice, but I didn't like ah uh, they've had they've wrestled before. I want to see yeah I, I get that I get that okay. And now this one we've all seen it before, but if they do go the Drew McIntyre route, I think the way to keep Cena strong and have Drew McIntyre go over is have Edge interfere and be like. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do this to me this time. You're not gonna come back and do this to me again. Like it's not gonna happen. I came back. This is my show now. You you were gone to Hollywood. Blah blah blah. And then honestly, I think an Edge versus Cena, like another little run, would be great. I, they had uh, arguably some of Cena's greatest matches in his career. Arguably some of Edge's greatest matches in his career. I think that'd be a great way for both guys to kind of wrap up. Or if, at least if Edge really does have a final match, I think it should be with a guy like Cena. I think it'd be pretty solid. All right. Well. Now that you asked ask that question, I got a fantasy booking question for you. Cool. In September, when all these 90-day no-compete clauses are ending, who do you want to see Alistair Blackface? Ooh. Mm. Anywhere he can go. Anywhere he can go. So that's the thing. You have plenty of options right there. I want to see Tommy End take the Impact title off of Kenny Omega. That's what I want to see. I want to see him go to Impact, have a couple matches, Put him way big over, just kill it, and then, and then you know have Kenny come over and do the favor. Hey, I was gonna say Kenny Omega in any company, but yeah, Kenny Omega versus Tommy End. That sounds like a goddamn fucking fantastic match. Or Tommy End and Pack. Tommy End and Pack. Yeah, that could be good. That could be good for sure. I like that. Or Tommy End and Darby would be great. Um, I mean, I think there's more options on the table with AEW. Um, but I also think that we really need a new main event scene in Impact. Um, they've got a lot of great, un- the gr- a lot of great talent, but most of it's undercard talent. We need more main event talent in Impact, um, and Ooh. I think t- Tommy N would be be the guy there. Imagine um, this though: this would be put him super over. It wouldn't be Impact, but imagine Tommy End showing up in NWA and just kicking Nick Aldis's head off and taking the NWA World Title from him after he's had it for goddamn forever. Man, when they make it free on fight, I will watch NWA, but I'm not paying to watch that show. Just not at that point in my life. Uh, I, I mean, I'm already paying for Impact Plus. I'm playing for Peacock, and I got two kids. I'm paying for Disney. I, 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 got, I got it all, man. Like, pretty much all the streaming services, I got them. So, can't add another one to the list. Uh, maybe we'll get some more patrons on here, and I'll, uh, I'll subscribe to that, uh, that Fight TV sub. <laughs> what else we got for Fantasy Booking, man? How about, uh, how about old Ruby Riot? Where do you want to see her land? Ruby Riot, uh, I think the best choice clearly would be Impact. I mean, yeah. best women's division. I don't know if she'll go by her old Heidi Lovelace name, but I mean, dude, Ruby Riot, totally Impact. I'm sure she would. I'm sure that's she would. The, that's the premier destination for women's wrestling. I would agree for sure. Again, I'd like to see Mike Bennett there too. I think Mike Bennett and Tommy End would be would light it up. Like after maybe Tommy wins the Impact title, like maybe focus a little more on Impact on your title and not help put AEW more over like they're already plenty over uh, we need more shine on on impact and realistically I feel like honestly AEW is kind of one one more than than impact has by allowing this whole situation to happen now that can change and I'm sure it will when Kenny does the job to somebody eventually but um yeah I just want to see more I want to see more main event talent and in, in impact for sure um, what right. else, you got anything else for me I got a fantasy booking one for you because right. I've heard there's rumors you know that 
the roster being so thin on the main roster of WWE right now, there's going to be some NXT call-ups. Yeah. It would be two people you'd want to see called up. Uh, I think that it, oh, two people. Okay. Two people. Um, well, to me, okay. To me, I, I think I'm going to go Adam Cole right off the bat. I think, I think he's going to lose to, to carry and cross. And I think he should go up for sure. I think he's ready. I think he's the guy I really want to see, um, a baby face, Adam Cole versus a heel Seth Rollins. I think that would be a phenomenal program, not just a match. I want to see that as a program. Um, who's the best, that kind of thing. Um, I would love that. Um, I would also like to see, man, you know, I think it's time to pull the trigger on Gargano too, but I'd like to see him bring the way up the whole thing. I like, you know, maybe let, you know, maybe let, um, old Larray drop the tag team titles and then bring him and Austin theory up. I think that would be a solid, solid bet. Where are you at on those the two picks for you for NXT? So yeah, that's a good. I agree with that because Austin Theory already had like a little cup of coffee on the main roster, so he's been he's been christened a bit. But I do agree the first person that you said, a hundred percent. Yeah, Adam Cole. Cool. Like he's. I think it's time. He's. Yeah. He's his title reign's finally over. It's time to he's him to go to that seasons, next yeah. level. Yeah, exactly. But the second person that I would choose, I want to see Finn Balor back. Ooh, okay. I know. I know he's. I know he's been pretty vocal about wanting to have another main main roster run. Um, don't think he's gonna get it, to be honest with you. Um, but but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, I, and you know, I think once Vince thinks that you're made of glass, then you're made of glass, no matter what you do. So I mean, look, it took years and years and years and years and years for Edge and Daniel Bryan and all these other guys to come back. I don't think Finn has that type of patience. Um, I do eventually see. Uh, Prince Devitt going back to New Japan and finishing his career in Japan. Uh, but I got one more for you. I got one more fantasy booking question. Uh, we all know the Young Bucks can't hold on to those titles forever. Where do you see, who do you see them dropping the tag titles to, current tag team in AEW? Who do you think they should drop the titles to? Current team. <clears throat> okay. I'm trying to think of who would be a pretty sick team. I would love to see someone like maybe the Jurassic Express or mm. someone like Santana and Ortiz. Ooh, I like Santana and Ortiz. Because they're baby faces now. Yeah. Yeah, I like Santana Even and Ortiz. They're still kind of, and then that's the thing. If they win the titles from the Young Bucks, that could add an extra element to their feud with FTR and kind of hype it up. Yes, I agree. I agree fully. I agree fully. I think that's a really good call. I don't know if I could pick a better one than that. Um you know what? I, I, I said that I had that I was the last thing, but I guess this is more of a headline than anything else. I know you saw that Cody Rhodes did confirm that there is a six man tag team championship coming to AEW. And so when you said Jurassic Express, I think they're the dead ringer for the first ever triple triple tag team champions. But but uh, who, who, who are you going to pick as the uh, the first six man tag team champions? The best friends, of course. Oh, the best friends. Yeah, the best friends, of course. A hundred percent. Orange Cassidy, like that. That's a perfect. That'd be the perfect team because they've never had a title. Never had a title. Yeah. They're over as yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like that. I do. I like the Jurassic Express a little bit more. I feel like that would just be, especially adding uh, the three man moves that they have, just a little bit seeing them more frequently. I think would be great. Um, but yeah, man, you got anything else you want to wrap this thing up? That's it for the world of wrestling as of today. I haven't heard any any crazy headlines, so nothing crazy. Everything. I think we covered it. Uh, we're um, gonna start doing this every week, though, for sure. Only other thing I can ask: I know that uh, Andrade is gonna be wrestling Alberto El Patron here soon, and he's still like pending trial for all those like fucked up charges that he has. But yeah, I could never see that dude ever hear his name again and feel completely content with that. Um, I have nothing him. good to say about Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, funny. I saw him his Ring of Honor debut at the fairgrounds years ago. Randomly, wow. that same night, I just bought tickets to Ring of Honor. It happened to be his debut, and I was like, eh, "All right." But it was before he was even he was fucked, but not as fucked as he is now. Okay, right? You know yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with that. Uh, let's get into uh, the next week's schedule, man. Next week's show, we got Money in the Bank 2016, uh, another five-year WWE main roster comparison, which we haven't really done many of those. I'm excited to see what's, what's going on with that. And then we have NXT In Your House 2, uh, NXT TakeOver that we haven't, well, I guess in In Your House, but we haven't covered one of those in a while. I'm looking forward to that. How are you feeling about NXT In Your House? What what would you like to see on that card? I know we're probably going to see Adam Cole versus Cross, but what else do you think, what would else would you like to see on that show? Uh, let's see. Uh, honestly, 
I don't really know very many matches on the card for this show. Yeah. I know as soon as we get done with this, I'm probably going to restart it because it's already started as of right now. Yeah. But Adam Cole is going to be good always. Uh, yeah. Yep. Is there a tag team title match? MSK? I, I believe so. there is. I don't know who it is they're working. Maybe it might be the El Fantas, um El Degato. What is it? What El Degato Fantasmo, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want. I, w- I think that that tag team would be pretty, pretty solid. DJ I think that would be. DJ Zima a- Ion. Yeah, yeah. DJ Zima Ion. Yeah. That was such a random fucking gimmick, and then he just became DJ Z because that gimmick was so bad. Yeah. Well, all the DJ gimmicks were bad, honestly, and that's why he's kind of in a tag team and he's playing second fiddle to, you know, somebody else. But uh, two weeks from now, we got Hell in a Cell 2021, uh, the first pay per view since was it Backlash that we the last one we covered. Um, so I'll be excited yeah, to see that one. WrestleMania Backlash, remember? WrestleMania Backlash, yeah, and that one's going to be going up against a classic Attitude Era show, King of the Ring 2001. Man, super hype for that one. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's the Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, crazy, craziness no, match. It is. Yeah. Uh, it is my favorite uh, pay-per-view of all time from WWE. And hold on. Hold on. Well, well, you mean your favorite regular pay-per-view. Because, I mean, obviously, WrestleMania 17 was better. Uh, I don't know. I still got I got the this bad boy on. Can't even see it, can you? It's on VHS. You got to sit down and like put it in front of your chest. Yeah, there it is. Is that the VHS or the DVD? That's the VHS, baby. Nice, nice. Classy. Classy. King of the ring. And, dude, let me tell you, I'll go ahead and break this down. we got a triple threat match for the WWF Championship. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Chris Jericho versus Benoit. Kurt Angle McMahon in the street fight. The Undertaker confronts the stalker Diamond Dallas Page. King of the ring, Kurt Angle versus Edge. The semis. Edge versus Rhino, Kurt Angle versus Christian, Jeff Hardy versus X-Pox for the light heavyweight championship. I forgot about that one. Yeah. And the tag team titles are on the line. Dudley Boys taking on Spike Dudley and Kane. So we don't have Shane versus Angle in this one? Yeah, I said that. I said this. Oh, okay, my bad. my bad. Oh, yeah. That was, that's, right. that's the that's the penultimate match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Nice, nice. I am uh I am super excited, man. I'm super excited for what we got going on. You can always find us at the Patreon now. Come on over. It's only five bucks, man. We got bonus content up there galore. You can always watch this show too. The day that we record it, we always upload it. Um, I'm I'm super pumped for what we got coming on. Hopefully, we'll get Jesse Baker back in the fold. Um, I love I love hearing his sweet sweet sounds of his voice. Uh, you can find him at Jesse Baker Nash and uh, on most of the socials on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find him as good old Jesse Baker on Facebook. Uh, Wex, give him the script, man. Once again, you can find me at Wex Breaking the Lawson on the old Instagram and on YouTube, and then Wex Breaking the on Twitter because I couldn't fit the Lawson, you know. That is always what she said. You can find me at Daniel Daybreak. You can always find the show at kfabe.com, kfabecomparisons at gmail.com if you want to send us a message or send us a possible uh, you know, recommendation for a show to cover. And you again, just go ahead and hop on that Patreon. And if you're just flat, flat broke, Go ahead and subscribe. Hit that five-star review. That's the least you can do for your boys, okay? That's going to wrap it up for us. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace.